This is a Geek Bro Podcast. What's up, besties? This is episode 55 of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez, and I am still the second part of that title. I hope you're having a great week, and I hope you are staying safe and healthy. This week's episode is so fun, but before I get to that, I just wanted to let you know that if you are in the Miami area, on Wednesday, November 11th, I will be at the Miami Improv doing a socially distanced comedy show, so so come hang out and laugh with us. All the information and the ticket links will be either in the show notes or on my Instagram at Mike Valdez. It'll genuinely be such a blast to see you. I haven't seen anyone in a really long time, so it would be awesome to get to hang out and laugh with you guys. So come out and hang out if you can. Now on to the episode. This week's episode is Matthew Zaremba. Matthew is an amazing artist based out of Boston. I saw his work on Instagram and we quickly sparked a friendship. And so I had to have him on the podcast to talk about art and about his childhood and where he gets his inspiration from. And we had such a great conversation. I really think that you guys are going to love this episode. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Matthew Zaremba. I was thinking about this today, and I feel like just socially people have changed so much in in a good way and in a bad way sometimes, you know, because you definitely see the the morons out there. But for the most part, when somebody asks you how you're doing, majority of the time they actually care now, you know, so that's kind of cool. You know? <laughs> yeah, the people that I do talk to, it's like a real like check in with each other, not like sugarcoating it anymore. So, like, remember, like the standard the standard reply would be like pretty good. You know, like that was exactly like, now, like when people ask me, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean? it's like, yeah, I've got a lot to say now, but it's understandable because they're going through the same thing. That's yeah. what makes it so great. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like the positivity of the horrible is that if you say pretty good, we know you're lying, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> but it is weird because it's like, it's still like, it's all relative to like, sure. Your- circumstances you know what i mean so like of course and given that knowing that everybody's in like a weird situation it's still interesting and ironic that there seems to still be like a lack of empathy across the board you know what i mean like right now it's more crazy than ever and even though we know that everybody no matter if you are one of the morons or whatever you're still dealing with with like some aspect of this right yeah man it's it's a weird time but like i always try to see in every bad thing you know I maybe it's because I, I grew up in like a conservative Christian home so like maybe it's because of my upbringing or something I don't know but it's just like I always try to look for the light somewhere you know what is the good thing that can come from this and what's the funny thing that can come from this yeah. and and like there's been a lot of funny you know just because like people are crazy now um and (laughs) you know and and everybody and now that everybody has a platform you can you can see how crazy everyone is you know i do like that i like the uh like the the weird aspect of it you know like when you see like a a musician that seemed like um you know kind of like untouchable before like they were just like enigma on a stage now they're like fumbling to try to do a performance from their living room and it's yeah real sweet it's like human you know what i mean it is man i mean it's funny because like that whole will smith red table talk wouldn't have happened 
if we had COVID and like if we didn't have COVID and that took the wool out of everyone's eyes because everyone thought Will Smith was untouchable and now we're like oh that guy's just a cock like (laughs) (laughs) like, (laughs) I was gonna say it but yeah yeah you really yeah man I I don't know how to feel about any of that I mean yeah we had a year you know yeah I'm like old school where like I still think of like the new year I hate you like I always, it was always too like anxiety provoking. Like, what are you doing at the moment? Of I relate to that so much. Yeah. But there's an old school part of me where it's like, all right, 2021 is like a clean slate. And it's really just resetting. <laughs> it's only resetting the slate to be like, okay, how much shit can we fill up on this slate? Right. Well, it's, I mean, this is the thing that people need to realize. Like, once 2021 happens, it's not like we beat Jumanji. Like, it's the world's still going to be crazy. Like, it's but, not. <laughs> and it feels cleaner. It's kind of like a new messy relationship. You know what yeah. I mean? You're like, definitely right. Because we, we will go into a new year with perspective. But yeah. it's still going to be yeah, nuts. We'll, uh, <laughs> I think, like, everything is leaning on the election right now. You know what of I mean? Of course. And like, and that's the way it always is during election years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, yeah, but like this time it's 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 like <laughs> this time it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh I don't know. I've already like started like putting together a plan like okay, if if this doesn't go right and this guy's reelected, mm-hmm. I'm like already like all right, I'm deleting like this. In this app, and I'm like disconnecting from like these people, and like you know what I mean. Like I'm already like yeah. I'm go full out weirdo in the woods style. I don't know. I, I, Why that's, not? That's yeah, kind of fantasy. It's like, well, at that point, I just have to disengage. I can't do that for another four years. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know. I can't do. I can't do that for four years. Um, you know, and I know people will be like, no, you have to engage more. But it's like, shit, man. If people aren't activated now and doing what they need to do. At that point, then it's just actually a failure on society. You know yeah, what I mean? Of like course. If, if this doesn't go right. And, you know, and that's to assume like you or your, your, your viewers are, you know, anti-Trump. Of uh, course. Like if we don't get it this time, that actually just means it's a failure on the people's part to do it. Oh, completely because, agreed. Talk about the electoral college and all that stuff. But like, yeah, if it's a landslide, we smashed them on the general election. Like that has to dictate the electoral college that's it it has to dictate what happens potentially in the supreme court everything so yeah i don't know so like i'm saying like if that doesn't go right i just i <laughs> give up i mean i'm going to the woods i'm going to yeah the i i feel that for sure man i mean it i promise we will get to childhood in just a second but this is like <laughs> this is like a thing that we opened and 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 now i've just been thinking about this but like you know, I, I had this thought a couple of days ago, and I feel like you're the perfect person to talk to about this because of your work and how it inspires me and how it makes me use my brain the way that I do now. And I feel like we're living in a time where everybody's talking and yeah. nobody's doing anything. Right. Well, it's it's performative. It's performative. Right. Uh, you know, like you could say, like performative activism. And and I was asking myself, and I mean, I, I, you know, meditated. I prayed about it. I mean, I've done a bunch of things, and I'm like, and and I was like, I don't know what that means or how to solve this, but I do know that 
we need to whatever it is like and it sounds so cheesy but it's true the truth is actions will always speak louder than words and like that's the cheesiness of it and like i'm i started to actually realize how true that was a couple of days ago where i was like wow we are literally living in a world where everyone's talking but nobody's listening because everyone's talking Right. You know, so and and everyone's either saving face or talking about how they're doing anything, but they're or how they're doing something, but they're not. They're just taking a picture for it or, or, or of it or whatever the case. And of course, that's not to say that there isn't work being done. There's great work being done, absolutely, but there isn't enough, is what I'm trying to say. I don't know. I I I don't know if you have anything. To well, the story, say I mean, that, yeah. the lining to that is like you'll see. There's things being done for sure. Like you'll see even like, we'll take something light, like something happens. This, well, it's, it's not light what happens, but like say somebody has a, a like a GoFundMe set up for them, mm-hmm. right? So this dude I know, New York, Nico out of New York, he's like, a, you know, the unofficial talent scout of New York. Yeah. Really great things, uh, you know, just like highlighting humans in New York um, and just like interesting characters. And like his account alone has saved multiple businesses in New York during COVID just by setting up a GoFundMe. Like this struggling, it's been around for 30 years or whatever in New York city, check them out, go there, buy a book or whatever the store is. So it's like little, you know, micro level actions that like you actually see the difference from, but like what you're saying about like just everybody's talking, nobody's listening. Like I have a a piece that actually Mm -hmm. says that. Yeah. It's just like all, you know, crowded words. Yeah, man. I mean, that's part of the performative nature. And like my brother and I always talk about levels of thinking and like, that's like level one thinking is like what your basic person is hitting right now, which is like, Oh my God, like (laughs) the government doesn't necessarily care for, Oh, the rich people control the, the country. Oh my God. It's like all of a sudden like that's their woke factor is like, I like, I'm like tuned into what's really going on. Like the the veil has been lifted a little bit for like average person. But that's just like level one thinking. That's just like, yeah, you didn't know that was going on. Like you didn't, right. wasn't like that. You weren't aware to that. So that's kind of interesting. But and that's good that people are waking up to that. But the problem with that is, then all of a sudden, everyone's like, I've got to tell the world about this, you know, and I've got to tell the world that like the police are, you know, trained to be biased and like do X, Y, Z, and it's like everybody's waking up to that, and they're all talking about like the most basic, obvious things, right. And nobody can seem to get past that point. You know what I mean? Like your average person can't get past that. Just like, it's like they talk themselves into a tizzy and then like spin out, you know what right. I mean? Um, like they're like paralyzed. And, um, you know, so like the people who are actually doing things are the people who have like calmly known about these things or have been awake to them and are now like navigating action items. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of noise right now for sure. Yeah. And like, I, I, you know, like I'm no, I'm no better than that. You know, I, yeah, me neither. My, you know, I make my donations. I, I try to support things. Um, I guess in a way I contribute like creatively just to like be, I always consider like in times like this, like I always look back at like the sixties and, you know, like real activist groups, like whether it's the black Panthers or the weathermen and it's like surrounding those movements were artists and um, yeah, creatives that were making the music, you know what I mean? They were painting the pictures. They were, they were, uh, they were writing the mantras and like rallying cries that kind of pushed those movements. And so like, 
I feel like at least in the creative world, if I'm doing anything outside of like my career and being a human, um, you know, perhaps I'm part of like that world that's kind of like the contemporary version of that, which is like just drawing attention to the human condition. You know what I mean? And like a, and in like a direct and honest way. I like to think so. Yeah, I definitely think so, man. I mean, you're, I've already said it and I'll say it multiple times during this conversation, but your work always makes me think in a different way. And it makes me look at something from a different window. So it makes me love your work so much. And and I'm sure it's, you know, it's, it's on purpose, but like, you know, the, the minimalist aspect of it, yet the content is so heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so like, I, I just, I love it in, in so many different ways. Like, you know, cause you have many different pieces, you have love pieces and you have some anxiety stuff and that I relate to and like complacency stuff and like all kinds of, all kinds of things that can be uh, inspirational to so many people, or at least be something where somebody can see it and be like, wow, I I understand that. Like I, I'm feeling angry right now and this person understands me or that kind of thing. And I feel like, especially now more than ever, it's always nice to know that we're not alone in our feelings. Yeah. I, yeah, it's interesting. Cause I, I always did it as like a, I was telling someone this recently, like I started that those, you know, I, I do other types of art always have been into art. You know, I guess we can get into that with like the childhood stuff, but, um, yeah. like I know sometimes it can seem like I'm like broadcasting that to people, but I like to think that. And I, I mean, the truth is that like the majority of all those pieces are actually just like some sort of inner voice saying it to myself. So even if it says you, as if it was directed to like an audience or a person, a recipient, it's actually just like saying it back to myself. Right. It's like, I need to hear it or I need to process it to make sense of like my own reality. Man. And it's funny that you say that because I don't know about other people, but when it comes to me personally, I actually can sense that. I can sense that when you make it, you're not trying to like tell people, this is what I think. You know, you're just like, this is how I feel. Yeah, I never like, you know? thought, uh, I never thought about like an audience. That's actually the part that trips me up the most is like, sure. when I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like conscious of that. It like really weirds me out. Well, what do you mean this, this one's got this many likes and this one doesn't, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's a weird concept uh, because like they're, that's, that's such a strange, con- like that never existed before Instagram or like these kind of gamified social media platforms. Yeah. Like if you're a musician before, like you made an album or a, an EP or something and you just put that out there, yeah. you know, like people came to your shows, they came to your shows and it's strange constantly not being able to turn off like the validation of like, I was kind of getting excited when, when Instagram said they were going to remove likes. Cause I was like, all right, sick. This is going to like level the yeah. for a lot of people. There's a lot of artists that I really love that and some that are actually like pretty, you know, acclaimed or, or successful off the digital landscape and just don't know how to really master that, that have like no love on Instagram, you know what I mean? Or like really no following. Yeah. And then people that are just don't have really a following that are so sick. Yeah. That are kind of like the people behind the people behind the people that I always thought like, if you could remove that aspect of it, that'd be pretty cool. Okay. And that's coming from somebody who has a little bit of a following. Like I'd say like, yes, yeah, sacrifice all that. Like let's hide follower counts and likes and just let people subscribe to this if they want to 
or not and like let's see what's up um I'm into it that's how i think instagram yeah. should be but when i look at like instagram like uh like or like the audience thing it, it weirds me out because when i started i was just like making a journal you know what i mean like i was yeah. just doing a journal and i was already known for like other types of art or writing and photography and stuff and uh i just uh started doing that people always say like oh it's weird it's so vulnerable and honest and i was like i don't that's all i know you know what i mean like i don't know sure. how to, to filter it um but what you're saying about kind of people just broadcasting telling people what they think is also part of instagram that i don't like there's a lot of accounts that are sure. <laughs> i've noticed that there's a lot of accounts and i know they're doing good for a lot of people like i know like a lot of people need they need to hear like these positive things to keep going or to give them a boost yeah. But there's actually like, at this point, there's like an industry solely on Instagram for that, where like people are designing content that doesn't really have artistic merit to it to target your feelings. You know what I mean? Like, like you got, and, and I, you know, this is going to sound funny, but you've also just described contemporary Christian music. That is literally what that genre is. It's just a genre that is made knowing that these four chords are going to make you feel something. And we're just going to tell you that if you go to church on Sunday, maybe your husband won't leave you or like whatever. And like, I don't know anything about it. Uh, Well, I'll come back to that in a second, but you're better off. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to make a comment about that in a second, but just finish my thought. Like, so that's why I do like the thing, like the war on toxic positivity, like those posts where it'll be like, uh, follow your dreams unless it's like walking into oncoming traffic or what, you know what I mean? Like I, I'll, right. cause I remember those motivational posters in high school that were like black and they would have like a cheetah and it would say like perseverance, <laughs> and, you know, like those kind of corny things. And I always thought it'd be funny to like have the statement that I see all over Instagram, like you are enough. So like, I'll put you are enough and then I'll put in small letters, like, unless you're actually just a piece of shit, like, yeah, some more, because I enjoy that reality check because that is the word, you know what I mean? Like, that's like something wrong with like a younger generation now is like an award for showing up. And, um, that's so funny. (laughs) You know, like my kids are three, three and a half and one and a half. And it's like, their generation is going to be like, like I'm already like respecting their generation. Cause like they're going through this, like they don't get to go to daycare and have friends and maybe they won't remember it. Maybe this will continue for a long time and they will definitely be aware of it. But right off the jump, they're already going through things that like generation Z didn't go through, you know what sure. I mean? It makes them like tougher. It'll um, probably make them tougher considering like, like when they grow up, they're going to be like, I don't want to be like my dad. My dad had toys all over his house. Like, this is weird. Like, you know, like, cause it's just like, we're all just like man child people. Like we're all just like gaming and like playing with toys and we have Funko pops everywhere and like, you know, all this <laughs> stuff and like, and, and kids are like, they're going to grow up and be like, I don't want to be like my dad. I'm like, that's stupid. You know, I'm going to buy a, a knife and like learn how to make fire with my own hands. You yeah. know, like the industry I work in, you know, like in like streetwear and stuff, it's like like grown men are collecting, you know, like vinyl toys. Yeah. Or like cause is like a giant artist, like a contemporary artist. And that's just interesting. Like, um, how that's kind of like a generational thing created that because it didn't really exist before. Um, I guess the co- equivalent would be like a Keith Haring who did do pop merch items. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you're right about that. I, I'm not like into gaming. I, I, I'm interested in it. I just don't, I always took my time and like utilized it to like 
produce a track or something like i was really yeah. into like, sample based music growing up and like oh dig- yeah like digging for samples and creating like compositions and that's kind of like where i put my dorky like techie side yeah on like fruity loops and stuff yeah and like even before that before like there was daws like dr sample by Roland, and oh, kind oh, of yeah. like having a resurgence now like with lo-fi hip-hop Ooh. but i was really into that and like turntablism growing up and that was as dorky as i could get that's cool and, like you know painting graffiti and like that was just such a weird analog loner thing to do so like i didn't have like the gaming or like the toy collecting things but i have a lot of friends who are into that stuff sure um, but like i was telling my wife recently like i like admitted to her i was like yeah i'm like a because especially as a dad you realize that i'm like i'm a i'm like a man i was just having a self-deprecating moment i was like i'm just like a man baby like i just <laughs> i just whine about things and like i don't know i don't know how to like do old fashioned or like important things like how to do any home improvement stuff or oh, yeah. anything about a car. Like I get sights like over the summer, I, cause I was in this, I'm in this beach town staying here. I bought a scooter, like a motor scooter uh-huh. and I got really, really into, I've always wanted one. Cause whenever I go on vacation, I like rent one and I whip around town. And I just think it's so fun, but I would never take it to the extreme of like some of my friends who got motorcycles and got really into like, vintage motorcycle it's too serious for me like that's too that would have to be like a real investment of like passion scooter was chill it was like i got my like little bag on i'm going to the beach i've got a you know a tall boy in like the seat like a sub i'm ready to go but like i had to learn things about it just to operate it because it's not like a car you still get like you have to like check your fluids and um you know i want to do things to make it go faster and like de-restrict it so it would go faster so i had to learn about like clutch and like opening up the variator and like all these things. And I felt yeah. like my wife was looking at me. I like come in the house, like sweaty with like grease, all like, you know, like oil and stuff all over me. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm learning, baby. Like, <laughs> out. I'm like trying to explain to her like parts of an engine. Like I know what I'm talking about. Cause I just YouTubed it. And, uh, that's hilarious. It's really empowering. But, uh, speaking of Christian music, the only thing I know about that is like further seems forever. Sure. But that's a good band. Uh, Tooth and nail emo stuff, you know. Yeah, tooth and nail is is a pass. I I thought on a podcast where you were talking about dashboard. Yeah, dude. (laughs) I love dashboard. (laughs) I'm a real sad boy. Chris Caraba was liking some drawings not too long ago of mine, and I was like, Yeah, done. He's the best, dude. Always loved his songwriting and all that kind of stuff. This episode of Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez is brought to you by The Crunch Cup. Save time in the morning by taking your cereal on the go. Simply add cereal to the inner cup, milk into the outer cup, screw on the lid, and you're ready to crunch. Eat cereal in the car, at your desk, or anywhere else you want. Go to thecrunchcup.com to purchase what I think is a genius invention and use the discount code MikeValdez10. That's Mike, M-I-K-E, Valdez, V-A-L-D-E-S, the number 10, to save 10% off of your order. You can also sign up for their monthly giveaway to win a year's supply of cereal. So what are you waiting for? Go to thecrunchcup.com and use promo code MikeValdez10 to save 10% off of your order. The Crunch Cup, it's better than spooning. So you grew up in Boston, right? Yeah, I grew up like a city that's like, you know, like across a bridge from Boston and uh, till I was in like middle school. And then I, my parents moved us to like this, um, you know, pretty nice coastal suburb 
uh, a bit south of Boston. We were talking about like tooth and nail stuff. What kind of a kid were you growing up? Did, were you like a band kid or were you just like? Oh, yeah, well, so my, my, my father, my late father, he was a blues musician. Oh, and, that's amazing. Uh, you know, my mom is a writer, not by like trade, like not by not that wasn't his career. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he's into music. And he was like this really interesting, like outdoorsman. Yeah, he's just like a super cool anomaly of a person. And my mom was definitely more like the pragmatic, uh, just an incredible woman. Um, and she is still is a writer in poetry and stuff. So I kind of got like, both these sides of them of like, you know, pretty analytical and uh, very creative. And they were cool because like whatever I wanted growing up that was creative, I got. So like on Christmas, it was like, I got to have this like four track and, you know, like all these things that I like wanted, they really supported, which is, it's cool. And I, I really take that lesson to heart with my kids, but um, yeah. So like when I was growing up, I was, I was kind of like, like not super cool or popular. I, uh, you know, like I, I, oh, well, I also had that thing where like I moved from the city mm-hmm. to a very tight knit community in the suburbs, like at a time where kids already knew each other, you know what right, I mean? Yeah. Where I didn't fully fit in. And, um, you know, so I spent a lot of time alone and I was into, I was just into whatever my older brother was into, who's yeah. still like my best friend. So like, we got into graffiti very young when we were living in the city. What got you into that? Just seeing graffiti yeah. or? Yeah, we just saw it. And I think like we grew up skateboarding. Like we were very like yeah. very into skateboarding. And that always seems to go like hand in hand. You're always just kind of like skating oh, yeah. spots. And, you know, like a lot of the graphics and stuff were kind of graffiti tinged. And um, yeah, so like I guess skateboarding got us into it. And then just like living in the city and seeing it. And I was into like rock and roll, mostly growing up. And then I like, we really got into hip hop, like heavy in like the heyday, you know, like 90s, like early 90s hip hop. And like, as soon as I discovered hip hop, I don't know how this happened, but I, I really got into like the production of it. Like I really got into making beats and sampling and things like that. Yeah, DJ Shadow's album, Introducing, like really flipped some switch in my head where I was like, what is this? This is hip hop. This is the stuff I'm into, but it's not like, it's not tough. It's like, it's more like the artsy mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, this is a time where there was no internet. So like, I didn't even know what he looked like at first. And I didn't know like how he was making those sounds. And like, I got into DJing because of him and like the invisible scratch pickles. And, but I didn't know how they were doing all this stuff. So like I got turntables and I would just like try to learn everything by ear. And like, I would study magazines that they might've been in, but it was just still shots. But I would watch like how they're, their hands were on the fader and I would like, and then one time I saw, this is another huge moment for me. Is like, I watched Portishead live at, as at Roseland ballroom. It's like okay. a famous performance and Jeff Barrow, who's the DJ and like the producer for Portishead. He had this, uh, we, we would call it like a transform switch, transformer switch on his mixer next to his turntable. Instead of like using a crossfader to cut in and out to make a scratch he was just pressing a button and I was like, what is that cheat? Like what? I never <laughs> but I immediately set out to make one and I did. So like, at the awesome. end of like 15 or something, I was like tinkering with homemade like samplers and synthesizers and all this stuff. And then I was like, I got all these beats, but I don't know any kids in the suburbs who rap, you know what I mean? So then I started emceeing and like really got into it. Like I was like, that was like the advent of like backpacker hip hop, I guess. Um, right. 
I was like obsessed with like the first company flow album, early Aesop rock, stuff like that. I got into emceeing and like made a lot of tracks that I, I still like forced my wife to listen to. <laughs> That's hilarious. 18 year old Matt. Um, so like, yeah. And then I was into like, because of like kids I grew up around and like then going back into the city and stuff, I was into like hardcore music. So like after hip hop, I got back into hardcore and like post hardcore. Yeah. Then like kind of like came into, you know, like the early era of emo before it became like mall screamo. Uh, sure. <laughs> kind of late. Like I knew kids who were like, yeah, I've been listening to Braid and stuff. And I was like, what? So like I heard, you know, speaking of Chris Graba, Further Seems Forever, The Moon Is Down, that album, like yeah. probably a couple of years after like other kids who were really into that, I got put onto that. So it was post hardcore, all that stuff. I like went in reverse. Some kids going from emo into like harder stuff. Yeah. I went backwards because I was like maturing and I was like, I don't want to huh. just be screaming at me all the time. Right. So I discovered kind of these like, you know, indie post hardcore type bands and it like really affected me where I was like, holy shit. Like I, I like, I love this stuff. And I like still unabashedly listen to a lot of old like indie stuff. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that. I like talking <laughs> about these fandoms. What are, what are the, your favorite of that era? I kept going backwards. Like I, I literally went backwards through everything. I think a lot of people do like nobody really grows up into the cure. Like, sure, you yeah. know, a couple of kids who like were raised in the cure. I was raised on like Muddy Waters and like the Rolling Stones, hardcore, you know, um, not hardcore, but those things a lot. Um, yeah. Dad and, and, you know, like classic rock and like our crumb comics and, you know, good movies and, you know, like a pretty cultured family. And I didn't get exposed to like a lot of like the contemporary music outside of hip hop until I was growing up. And, it was one of those like maturity things. Like you, you're into hardcore and then you kind of tone it down and get into like more indie stuff and like smarter stuff, I guess you would say. Yeah. And then you make your way back to the roots of everything. It's kind of like art. Like you always find your way back to the roots. Like you think what you're doing is interesting. And then you find out like, Oh, so-and-so did this 30 years ago. So like right. I made my way back. So this puts me like in my early twenties finding like new order stuff like that and be like, Oh, I know this song, like bizarre love triangle, but now it hits different. You know what I yeah, mean? Of course. Now I'm in the bar on like eighties night doing this and that meeting so-and-so. And like, I'm li like, I'm, I'm, I'm making a life and I'm having fun and getting like reckless. And this is like my soundtrack to it. And so like, I, I went through all those phases back to like, the roots of it, you know, like always like your new orders, your cure, Morrissey, stuff like that, Smiths. And then um, I think like that feels too novelty after a while. Like you're like, oh, I'm that guy who just like has a Morrissey shirt on. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I still love that stuff. I don't, I don't care. But I think then I started realizing how that touched upon contemporary stuff. And then I could respect contemporary stuff more. So like yeah. today, I guess my favorite, like one of my favorite indie bands is still Interpol. Oh because yeah. Great like, man. Yeah. I mean, I always just figured like, I don't know. I, I'm pretty self-conscious person, like admittedly. Um, I think everybody is, I'm just willing to say it. And, mm -hmm. uh, I am too. Yeah. That's cool. I like that when people can say it. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I was always like, you know, whatever I listen to, is this corny to listen to? You know what I mean? Like I'd always yeah. be like, 
if you don't wear a band, you know, and I also came up in like the MySpace era. So like you would put your bands in your favorite movies and like your top five or 10 friends on the top, you know, like everything was really like on your sleeve at a young age for us. And, yeah, uh, that's true. And, like, and a lot of it's cringeworthy in retrospect, but like, I just top like, eight though, man, I still, I still argue this. MySpace got the top eight, right. You really only have eight friends. Yeah, you know what? Before I ended MySpace in like 2008 or whatever it was, 2009, I uh, I printed everything out, like all my comments from friends. So I have like a time capsule of like what my life looked like, including my top people. And like that's hilarious. Yeah, it is pretty fun to look at. But um, so like I always just like realized like if I were to say this out loud, like oh, listen to so and so, does that sound corny? And I looked at Interpol as like, no matter how old I get, like I'm 37 now, no matter like what year it is or what I'm into, like maybe I'm into like electronic music now or whatever, whatever I'm into, I can always look at Interpol and be like, you really can't mess with that band. They've always been like pretty serious, pretty moody, um, super cool New Yorky. And um, they really like set off the new indie wave of like the New York era, like the Strokes, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, all that stuff. You know what I mean? So like, I still look at Interpol as like, that's kind of like my epitome of like good indie. It's, Certainly shit you don't want to play in the middle of a party, but <laughs> sure. like riding around or whatever, or like just like working on something. Like I love that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I don't listen to any hip hop anymore. Like at all. I, I know a, a lot of, I know, you know, a bunch of like pretty well-known rappers and stuff like on a personal level and yeah, cool. And I, I love what they do and I respect their craft and I'll always respect real hip hop. Uh-huh. Uh, but Sure. I'm, I'm like an old head. I'm just like, ah, man, nothing's good since so and so, with these exceptions. Right. These exceptions are like Kendrick Lamar, and you know what I mean. Like, of course, but the, but Kendrick Lamar is an old head himself. Like he he's respects rap. He respects hip hop, like for I mean, what it I, is. I consider him like a musician. You know what I mean? Absolutely, I, I agree. That like rappers are not, but like you know, there's just a lot of stuff that's just trying to get a check or make i don't know but so like yeah i'm back on like my indie thing and i find it very difficult to talk about music now because i don't really know what i'm into i keep like eight thousand spotify playlists like i make by mood i'm like this is calming music so i put songs on that and um yeah i don't even really know what i like stuff i you always like like the strokes you know what i mean i love it yeah i it's i i relate to you so much man because i'm all over the place when it comes to music man like i just if it's good i like it you know and some things that i love like you know like most recently i've been really into like nashville bubblegum pop band called nightly and i'm just super into them and then i'll hear something like heavier than heavy it, like earth groans and i'm like yes this is great and then and then i want something super technical and then i i just watched snl with bill burr recently so then i got into jack jack white and i went down into that rabbit hole like yeah yeah, yeah man I, I it's 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 almost like makes me question my personality at times because i'm like sure. how can one person be into so much and like growing up like whatever you were into was like your shit like yeah. you if you were skateboarding you looked like a skateboarder if you were into hip-hop you looked like you were into hip-hop if you're into goth you look like a goth kid like very much a uniform and like a whole thing and it was like your set of friends etc now kids are into everything like they're just like totally fluid about everything and that's cool but it's hard to like vibe 
with people are like understand what's going on because like you don't really know what they're about and it's also something about like the amount of content and the amount of consumption of media and things going on that I don't think a lot of people know who they are you know what I mean agreed yeah but in a way I empathize with that because I kind of felt like that growing up where it was like even though it was an era where you would like wear the uniform and really be into it and like obsessive with it I did switch a bunch of times you know what I mean and like it's just funny now like to be in a car and kind of be stuck in traffic and you're just like feeling like yeah, man, I want to hear something like heavy. I want to hear some like, I'm in the car. It's got a good system in it. I want to hear like some serious like chugga chugga. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you throw on some like old chariot or something or like some. Yes, dude. And You're speaking throw, to my heart. I'll throw on like, uh, like when the ink bleeds or whatever that album is by 18 Visions. Yeah. That's some yes. like stuff, right? That's like, the best. Hardcore and it's so it's so strong and like kind of like you know it's kind of like violent it's like it's just it's violent it's kind of like intense it is that is a great word to describe it it is very violent sounding because yeah. it's it's like feedbacky it isn't perfect it's just it's just loud you know so like i'll get and i'll and i'll have like a window open and i'm playing this and then i'm like oh my god like people that, <laughs> that dude is crazy yeah you know hard and tattoos like listening to this stuff that like sounds like some sort of like anarchist like crazy yeah uh, you know what i mean like some unstable person listens to but like i get off like the highway and i'm like cruising through a neighborhood next thing i know i'm listening to like charles bradley and i'm like on a different that seems way. like a good time for carly ray jepson like <laughs> <laughs> or like i'll roll the window up and put on some like old sinatra and like belting it out oh it's dude crazy. that's so awesome i like, love it all over the place but like when i'm into that thing i'm into that thing like you can't yeah. tell me but then i like look in retrospect i'm like oh my god am i like split personality like how could i do but i'm no, like oh man i don't think so i think i think it's a testament to how beautiful music is yeah, that yeah. it can come in all forms all shapes and sizes it is the most fluid art form because it does so much man it, it's like it's a time machine it could send you back to a seventh grade makeout party you know like, like it can, it as, long, can, as long as this is what i learned as long as you don't look into like the making of the music or like anything with like the musician or you know what i mean like, yeah. it's like when i first learned that like when i was a kid that the beatles hated each other like it ruined everything or oh, yeah, I know that like, you know, so-and-so didn't write that song. It was just written for them. And then they, perform- you know what I mean? Right. Amy Winehouse, like you'll learn that. I mean, I don't know if most people know this, but like Mark Ronson and other people kind of shaped those pivotal out like back to black. They like made that album and she yeah. to this role. Because if you look at Frank, like the album before, mm-hmm. like it wasn't like that really. You know what I mean? Right. Kind of like shape that. So it's like the art world and everything else. Like I try my hardest not to look behind the curtain too much anymore because it's such a bum. It's like the it's like uh my brother has this type of TV, it's like a Samsung or something. And whenever I'm at his house and I watch his TV, it's like everything has like this soap opera effect. Like I'll watch yeah. any show, whether it's Seinfeld or something it's too weird. high def it's it's weird it's like almost like i'm uh, i can see like uh, like i'm about to see like the wires of the camera mm-hmm. you know what i mean or i was just talking to my mom about this before i got on the call with you horrible so i looked it up i was like what is this it, it, it actually like gives me kind of like a panicky feeling like oh my mm-hmm. god it's like derealization or something i'm like what is this and i looked it up one time and it's called the soap opera effect and it's 
very much known to be on those TVs. I believe it's Samsung. Mm-hmm. And it's something about like their 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 rate, whatever it's called, this their whatever rate of the TV that gives it that effect. And like my brother and I went for like an hour one day trying to figure out how to turn it off. And we went through all the steps to turn it off and it didn't change. And wow. they're so used to watching it that it's like this running joke wherever we're watching it. I'm like, I can't watch your TV. And he's like, there's nothing wrong with the TV. And I'm like, there is something wrong with the TV. You're used to it. But that's how I feel about like everything now. Like if I think too hard about it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it has soap opera effect. Well, like, what do you mean these two best friends in this movie were actually fighting on the set? Like they actually oh, yeah. hated each other. And that's such a bummer. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can see it. <laughs> but yeah. but to be fair, about, like like what if yeah, you thought yeah. that uh uh what's his face? John C. Riley and Will Farrell actually could not be near each other on the set of Step Brothers, except for when they're filming. That would be such a bummer. Yeah, if you found that out, which I mean, it's definitely not true. <laughs> not to scare anyone, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that would literally be the worst news of all time. <laughs> and that's kind of like the rea- that's kind of like the world right now. It's kind of like, oh, you were chilling, you were going to the movies, you're going to have dinner and like drinks with your friend. Nah. Pandemic. <laughs> Speaking of movies, what kind of movies were you into growing up? You know, kind of like bro comedies a lot. You know, like. Mm-hmm still like love some of the movies that i loved growing up were like obvious dumb and dumber you know old school stuff like that but then i was like really into heavy dramas like which may have started with like vanilla sky or eternal sunshine of the spotless mind wow those are really heavy huh one of the first movies i remember as like a kid oddly this is how gnarly my dad was was uh clockwork orange so like being like 10 watching clockwork orange wow you know what i mean like and that was like normal to him. He's like, this movie's like, you know, it's a lot, but it's, I'd a, say it's a lot if you're 30. That's how I look at it. I'm like, yeah. but that's how I look at it now. I'm like, yeah, it's a lot, but <laughs> movie, like, think of the concepts. You oh, know it's I mean? an amazing movie. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but it is a lot. <laughs> like, Eyes Wide Shut. I, you know, I didn't see Eyes Wide Shut until like, a couple, like maybe a year ago. Uh-huh. Uh, I had always heard like, oh, this movie's so risque, and it's like about like secret, like like sex orgy, like Illuminati stuff, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. and I watched like a year ago, and I was like, that's pretty much like I don't know, that's kind of like an afterthought for me. That movie is a lot is about a lot more than that. You yeah, know? About like a like someone's curiosity and like going down a rabbit hole. You know what I mean? Like it's. I don't know. Maybe that's an age thing. You just grow up and you you start seeing things for like what they really are, like the substance of them. Yeah, that is true. No, well, not to mention like Kubrick made movies to have like layers upon layers upon layers of things. So I mean, like the meanings behind that movie, which are yeah. like heavy. Like there's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and were you? Uh, let's <laughs> let, let's let's pick a, a side or a, or a gang here. Were you a Nick kid or a Disney kid or a? No, I didn't have cable growing up. Okay, uh, UPN. So here we go. <laughs> uh, I, was, uh, I don't know if anybody else knows this because, like, it was. I mean, it's a Boston. I think the channel, like the call letters, are local, but WLVI Kids Club. Okay. And that was my my jam, like, after school. So I was, like, a latchkey kid. You know, like, my parents weren't home after school because they 
they worked full time, both of them. And um, so I would come home, I would walk across the city with my brother and we would just like chill. We'd go play or whatever. But when we watched TV, it was this certain, it was like, it was like rush hour hours on TV. And that was like, that consisted of like, you know, it started with the cartoons. So it was like Tailspin, Rescue yeah. Ranger, um, Animaniacs. Dude, you know what I was just thinking? Have you, because um, a lot of people have this argument about like watching those old Disney animated shows now as an adult and being like, ah, I wasn't that good or whatever. It was really just the theme song that was amazing, which mm-hmm. like, let's be real. A lot of those theme songs, like the DuckTales theme song, Darkwing Duck, you know, all oh. these things. I listened to the theme song for Chippendale Rescue Rangers for the first time in a long time recently. And I was laughing so hard because there's not one, there's not two, there are three key changes in the theme song. <laughs> yes. How it goes right now. It, it's uh, uh, it's <laughs> Chip and Dale, Rescue Ranger, Chip and Dale. But then where does it go? But then it would go, um, it would go to like to a half step up oh, wow. and then, and then and then finally the last one is like the last Chippendale would go to like the singer would be and I'm like this is ridiculous like why is why is this song so high is it how to get your attention dude that's like when you're running around pulling each other's hair or whatever after school you know it's like a dog whistle you know what i mean how funny is that man yeah it's just like those theme songs back in the day man i i i love talking about it because it's like it feels like there was those type of songs and then then there were songs where it felt like boys to men was singing the theme song you know where you're just like yes i mean oh so so after the cartoons and that's that series you know that uh those hours of shows after the cartoons then would come in like home improvement full house that's tgif uh, era yeah uh I, I think maybe like saved by the bell was in there nice Boy uh, world urkel on it um Family but if matters, you remember yeah. like the uh the the theme song for full house i mean that's a beautiful song that's not like yeah. a, not a joke that's a beautiful right well (laughs) this is the this is the the joke that i always make is like you know because everybody always talks about the the full house theme song or whatever sounding like the song from family matters but they were written by the same person that's why the family matters theme song the full house theme song the step-by-step theme song and the perfect strangers theme song sound exactly the same (laughs) perfect strangers yeah, it was uh, standing tall on the wings of my dreams. Yeah, the the song that is literally so good that you wonder why it's on a show about two roommates that don't get along. Like, you're like, this could be on the radio. That show is incredible. And, um, you know, I just want to, like, make a network where that's just running all the time. Like, that, the same sequence of shows in the same hours. Could just, like, if we could just take all the programming and just reprogram it and just have that as like a streaming channel. That would be so fun. I mean, it would take a lot of work obviously, and it would take a lot of passion, but it's just hard to like, you know, go on YouTube and just watch random episodes. Cause you gotta like, you gotta get into it. You gotta like, like show after show after show and build up that like nostalgia. 
Yeah, you have to get the the commercials for Lunchables that have the weird 3D glasses for next week's episode. And I'm like, (laughs) skip it, skip it, dude. The the very best thing of all is there's a there's a timer on this ball. (laughs) Yeah, that's why you know one good thing about Instagram that I've like I've become more aware of lately is like because once you follow something, all of a sudden everything's getting it suggested to you is uh, like the nostalgia accounts like. 80s 90s kids and i'm like okay i'll follow this yeah this is uh this feels right yeah a good buddy of mine that has a great instagram account is saturday morning nostalgia he's really great yeah he's real good he's got he puts a bunch of like old ads from the 80s and 90s and theme songs all kinds of stuff like my always my childhood because i was right on the cusp is extra painful like <laughs> looking back <laughs> almost actually nostalgic because like we fell off the cliff into the internet like yeah. junior high or high school like yeah like i guess like junior high mm-hmm. like i remember being in junior high and like being in class where the teacher was teaching us about folders on a computer really funny and she was like just kooky and she'd be like you go clicky clicky on the folder and it like she would have all these like weird sound like, she would like mimic a lot of things and um okay. that's so funny yeah but like i remember like learning how to use a mouse stuff like that you know what i mean wow. and like, being in like high school and learning about internet and like dial up and because i was in graffiti graffiti only existed in like zines and like yeah. you know kind of like the the advent of graffiti magazines and like once in a, in a blue moon like maybe you get your hands on like a vhs like a graph tv so you get like a vhs through somebody but like you had to witness it to be part of it and like everything you knew about it the caps to use whatever you learn from like a mentor or like a crew you know what i mean and and the same thing with music and all that stuff so like being in the graffiti at that point like on dial-up trying to look at a picture out in la you know what i mean of some like new piece just like 10 minutes minimum to see this picture so like everything meant more because it was like i invested in this you yeah. know what I mean? like up to listen like, to really annoying sounds for 10 minutes to listen yeah. or like <laughs> my parents had this phone upstairs in their bedroom that had a red light when someone was on the phone so when you were on the internet the red light was on so like my dad after like a half hour would be like stomping on the floor like yelling me to get off the phone and I'm, like, I'm on the internet but it's like at this point it's like 9 30 10 at night on like a school night yeah they'd be like i'm on the internet so like you would pick up the phone to yell at me thus disconnecting my internet connection with the internet so it's just like this this nightmare but the point is is that before the internet everything was like an investment of time and passion and like i get really nostalgic now and like I'm all like, it's sad to say, but I'm always like, man, I really wish we could go back to our childhood. And like, when you wanted to make a beat, you had to like dig for vinyl. You had to like put a sample. There's too much of everything, man. There's too many options for everything. Like people like, yo, do you use procreate and like tablets and this and that? And I'm like, no, when I started doing this (laughs) style of art, I drew with like pen and ink and like a light box, you know, sometimes. And then I would take a picture of it. And then I would bring it into like Instagram and fix the contrast. So it was as white and black as I could get it. That's where the white and black comes from. Nice. And like, it wasn't until I was on honeymoon and when I was in Berlin on that trip where I was like, Oh, I don't have all my stuff with me. I don't want to do this. I'm going to give like, I knew how to use like illustrator from like 
design stuff before and other projects. And I was like, I'm just going to try to do these drawings in Illustrator. And that's when it switched to like digital point. There is like, there's too many options now for art. Like, you know what I mean? Like you go on, like any person and their mother can go onto their iPad, go and procreate, pick a cool ass brush that makes like the line, like whip, you know what I mean? Or like calligraphy and write like, hello. And it looks kind of cool. And you can add a gradient and you can like add some sparkles and whatever you want. And all of a sudden you've got like, this pretty horrible, but like it is technically art. Right. And you can, and then you just go boop and upload it for the whole world to see. Yeah. It's too, it's too much. There's too many options. There's too many, there's too many options in everything now, whether it's like TV or what you eat or anything. And I just miss the minimalism because I believe that minimalism makes you work. It makes you work your imagination to find solutions to get around the obstacles that are probably in your way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Agreed. This actually segue or segues perfect into our next topic. There's too many options for cereal. Let's talk about cereal. <laughs> that's the first thing we bonded over over instagram yeah, you uh all your, you dm'd your... me and you were like i love cereal i have to listen to your podcast and i was like that's great man i'm into it you know my brother uh we used to live with this artist uh like a pretty well-known artist and my brother's a, a great artist as well um but it was just a house full of artists in brooklyn and yeah. um him and this this person, uh, they made a book for this really big show in New York, and they called it Dream Cereal because like there was this running theme in the house about cereal and like yeah. opening cereal bar before there actually was cereal bars, uh, as far as we knew. And what a yeah, dream! Always been, <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, you know, whether it was like the mascot, like do you remember when Cinnamon Toast Crunch uh-huh. when like a whole crew of them? Yeah. And, and the chef. Went, it was Wendell, right? Yeah, Wendell was the chef. And then there was three, he had like three little kids or two little kids. No, wait, maybe I'm thinking of a different cereal. Wait, what was the cereal where, I thought it was Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but there was a cereal where it was three dudes. I thought it was, no, it was, there was originally three chefs, I believe, and a dog. And there was okay. an episode on like a commercial where they like went down a black hole. Something happened to them. That sounds familiar. Whatever happened, there was only one left. And that's what we know of now. And I'm pretty sure it's Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But like, yeah, you should remember like the characters, like the Tricks Bunny. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And then like the games on the back or the riddles, the toys were sick. And uh, I don't know, man. Cereals. Yeah, like man, this- it's all it's all just a, a lost art form, at least at least the the cereal prizes and all kinds of stuff. I mean, they have cool stuff every now and again i have the dream team olympic jacket basketball jacket that i got from a cereal box oh did you the dream team dude i've got the windbreaker that i got that's amazing cereal box oh you know what the other thing was for me is that my mom was super basic about it like like she's just frugal about things growing up and just super smart about it actually but um she just didn't like believe in like too much sugar and all that stuff yeah Uh, which is ironic because now we just like eat like crazy, but um, <laughs> right. it was always like honey nut Cheerios and raisin bran and stuff in the house. And, like right. kicks was big. Yeah. Like this sucks. Cause I had friends who were eating like fruity pebbles and stuff. And I, yeah, of course. So like only on my birthday could I pick my own cereal and it was always lucky charms. Always, <laughs> oh, wow. Always okay. Charms. 
And then as I get older, I realize like, oh, it was only the marshmallows that I cared about. I hate the grain. I hated the grain. It's true. Uh, it, <laughs> it's, uh, it's true. They actually only sell the marshmallows now at Kroger. They started it in like Tennessee and like a couple of like, they always started out in like weird like areas first. Like that's yeah. where they've had like ranch flavored Sprite and stuff, you know? Like, is it to eat as a cereal or just to add to like hot chocolate and whatever? Well, whatever you want. You, it's just a bag of the marshmallows. You gotta work for the marshmallows. You have to get through like the bite. You have to get through like <laughs> all, all plain green to get to the marshmallow. Man, you know I, I love your style, dude. You're just like, you're just like, I'm, that doesn't mean I wanna buy a bag of marshmallows. Oh, I wanna work for it, man. <laughs> I no, love your style. That's like somebody being like, oh, welcome to like paradise. You can like do whatever you want. You'd be bored in a day. You'd just be like, all right, I've just like done this, this, and this. I, that's, that's wild. Yeah. You know, when I started becoming like a stoner in my young, like my teens, like hard, it switched to like uh, Reese's Puffs was uh-huh. my, my thing. That, yeah, like, great cereal. Now that I've been staying at my family's my mom's house with my family for months now which is just crazy to think about um the worst problem is like just the eating like my mom is the best mom and mm. just like stock everything in the house she'll come home with like swiss cake rolls and stuff oh like, wow stuff i would never ever eat but she remembers me eating when i was a teenager who was stoned and stuff you know what i mean like right like pop tart stuff like that and i'm like mom this is crazy you can't bring this to the house but like in the middle of the night, I'm out there eating them. <laughs> and it's something that she brought home that like I got back into, which is just crazy how often I'm eating it now is Cinnamon Toast Crunch because I'm a 37-year-old dad who's eating cereal in front of my kids while they're eating Raisin Bran and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and my baby, my one-and-a-half-year-old is like clawing at my leg because I let him like taste one one time. So now he knows. Yeah, oh, wow. He knows how delicious they are. And I'm always like sneaking him one and he's just like, it's like, oh, it's bad. It's bad. I'm That's like, so funny. We got to go back to our apartment like full time because I can't be around this food. Like, <laughs> more. But it's been fun because I hadn't been eating cereal for like years. I was like an eggs every day guy, um, like eggs and toast. Yeah. Protein. And um, now I'm like back on my cereal. And like exploring a little bit, I have been getting into things that I would never be into when I was a kid. You know, it started with like mini wheats and I've gotten into like a lot of granola cereals, which are pretty nice. Yeah. Like cranberries and raisins in it, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Same here, actually. I, yeah, I, I, um, I don't know. For some reason, uh, recently I got into grape nuts that's like old man cereal and yeah. i was just like i don't know I, i've never tried it might as well good it for was good colon health right there yeah absolutely Fiber. yeah i lost 10 pounds but you know i'm good yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but yeah man so every episode of this podcast i like to review a box of cereal with my guest uh and usually i like to pick a box of cereal that has something to do with my guest in some way shape or form so I spoke with my sponsors over at Post. Now, by sponsor, I mean that I like them and I buy all of their products. And by spoke to, I mean that I tweeted them repeatedly and they never got back to me. So the cereal that I got for you is Alphabets. 
Alphabet. Wow. Yeah. Remember I'm, this cereal? <laughs> yeah, I remember it being a nightmare because <laughs> yes. <laughs> because no, there was a different Alphabets where they put marshmallows in it. Am I right? Yeah. And they were like they were big marshmallows too. They were like they were like the equivalent of like double stacked ecstasy pills or something. They were yes, like double exactly. stacked. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Compared to uh, to Lucky Charms. And I remember at that point, it was like that that whole cereal was like Lucky Charms on steroids because like the grains were bigger and the marshmallows were bigger. <laughs> yeah. And like it was kind of embarrassing to have because they weren't Lucky Charms. They weren't cool Lucky Lucky Charms. <laughs> yeah. As far as I remember. But those ones, those plain ones right there. Yeah. That'd be very hard to eat. Oh, yeah, for sure. I actually have had some already and they're pretty much exactly how you would think they taste you know they're they're not very great they taste they taste like about as interesting as the alphabet let's just say that and uh, <laughs> well you know what i was gonna say is like uh when i was a kid with alphabets or spaghettio like alphabets or any of those foods that had letters i never ever remember actually spelling out words with it really yeah, weird you would yeah. think Right, I would assume that's why you picked it because, like, I that is one hundred percent why I picked it. This yeah. is weird. When I'm thinking of it right now because I've never thought about this. Is that I don't remember making words because right now I'd be like, man, I would love to like. You know what's weird is uh, I keep like a, I mean, I, I keep a list of like all my drawing ideas. Uh huh. Ever some of them go back like a couple of years now. I just never got to them, and one of them is like a bowl of alphabet cereal or soup you won't really be able to tell what it is in a drawing anyways right spells out something crazy well i'm actually glad that you're bringing this up we have the same mindset right now i actually took it upon myself to make my own um art in your style (laughs) using alphabets i can't find a way to share my screen so i'm gonna have to show you on my phone which is so horny but whatever um it says don't lose your sense of childlike wonder yeah i like that did you make that oh so that's an actual picture yeah oh. it's an actual picture i made it with real with real uh alphabets there there's got to be a collab in there because i've been doing like i've been taking some of like the free time i do have to i've always wanted to take all my like drawing like pieces and like make them like real world sculptures or like immerse yeah. some way and i I've got this idea for a show that may happen out in LA at some point whenever life returns to something. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but it's like, it's pretty intensive. Like it would, it would be like a good amount of drawings that don't even exist yet as yeah. like real, like immersive sculpture and like installments. So I've been doing like some pretty like low maintenance ones recently. Like uh, I like made this concrete, like stand here and wait to be teleported thing that I like buried in the ground at like this very public park and stuff like that. Um, I made like this thing in the water, uh, whatever, but like, that's like one of them. Like if I did the drawing, like I've been meaning to for years now, then you could recreate it with your cereal and or soup. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I, um, I, I've always just had just speaking of like why I, why I said or why I use that phrase don't lose your sense of childlike wonder it's just like I've always just been especially since I started this podcast I've really been fascinated with childlike wonder and what that means and 
mm. um, and coming back to it and uh, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I, I, I feel like if I, you know, and this is who, who even knows if it's even going to be a thing, but like if I ever started like a merch thing, like t-shirts or like any kind of thing, like it would, that's like the phrase that I would want on it, you know? <laughs> and so, um, you know, there's nothing to it, but to do it, man. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, like more than ever, it's like so easy to create that you know what i mean like it's yeah want to like pursue that stuff that's like you know that's like my actual career is marketing and uh yeah you can you can get into stuff like pretty easily now yeah absolutely i I mean i like really believe in that sentiment like i i have uh, my wife definitely gets jealous because i have so many hobbies and like creative outlets and Sometimes I think I can come off as like a little like pushy uh, to like people in my life. Like, oh, you haven't seen this movie or like you've never like heard this or you never tried that. It's not like because I'm like trying to make them seem like inadequate or something. I'm just so excited about things that I want to share them. So if I see a movie that I'm all about, I'm like, you got to see this, you know, or you got to read this book or. Uh, I just have so many hobbies that, and I, I realize that that's a very much like a childlike wonder thing. It's like, I am yeah. curious about things that I want to get into them. It's like the scooter. Like the other day I was looking at like glass etching and stuff. Like I just get into like anything creative or, um, except for sports. I'm not really like into sports. Same here. I played a lot of sports growing up and I, I was forced to, and I, I really hated, uh, the comp, like the competitiveness of it, I guess, or like, mm-hmm being singled out for like your failures or successes. You know what I mean? You, you just perfectly summed up why I can't stand sports. What's your worst, what's the worst sport that you could imagine having to play? Oh my gosh. It's a Holy Trinity of football, baseball, and basketball. I would probably say basketball because basketball is the one where even normal Joes take it way too seriously. And it's just like, Uh, we're playing a game, dude. Like, (laughs) oh man, I could riff all day about sports, but I want to say this football and basketball are better because you can blend in with the buzziness of it all. Like, there's so much movement going on that, like, if you kind of stop, you can kind of hide in the mix of it. Mm -hmm. I played basketball for years. The worst sport, in my opinion, and my mom agrees with this now, and I'm always like, why did you make me play for all those years? Is baseball because yeah. baseball, although you're part of a team, is very lonely. It's like you're up at the be- you're up at bat by yourself, and whatever yeah. happens there is like on you, and everybody can see it. And if that ball comes to you in the outfield and you mess it up, like it's on you. Like yeah, nothing else to like cover it. And um, I don't know, man. It's just not like a fun sport. It's slow, and I just hate it. Yeah, I I can definitely sense that because or and I could see that uh, what your I could see your argument as well just because I never played baseball growing up but my sister played softball and is a coach now and she's super good but my whole thing was like like she did like travel and all kinds of stuff but just seeing what it was like being around parents of kids who were playing a game that half of them probably don't even want to be there playing, you know? And like the parents are taking it so seriously and like, and that's the other part of like children's sports that really sucks is like 
the parents are like trying to live their success that they couldn't have had because they tore their ACL or something. <laughs> like after a certain point. Yeah. I like seeing like little kids play soccer. Like I want to get my toddler, I mean my preschooler into soccer because like, it seems like a good one for like just physical fitness. You're just like running yeah. chaos. Like you don't know who's playing. Like, <laughs> I mean like I don't even, when I watch soccer on TV or football as we might want to say, uh, yeah. Like, I don't think that there's a lot of logic to it a lot of times because, like, that ball is getting kicked down the field and then immediately getting rejected and kicked back the other – you know what I mean? Like, there's no – Of course. How much could you actually strategize getting it to the other goal unless you're actually, like, running it through and maneuvering through – you know what I mean? It just looks so chaotic. Yeah. Uh, Same thing with hockey. It's like sometimes it's just slap-shotting from the other end of the rink just to get it down the other end of the rink, and it's like – it's crazy. But I'll say this about sports. It's entirely too serious. Like, I watch sport, uh, like, basketball sometimes because, mm-hmm. like, you know, whether it's people I work with or, like, friends, like, people are very much into sports, especially basketball. Yeah. And I used to play basketball, and I used to go to Celtics games and stuff, and I think it's pretty entertaining. But, like, when you think about what they're doing, it's the same as, like, art or, like, I was on a podcast recently where, like, I was kind of, like, I wasn't, like, making fun of, but I was, I was kind of, like, leveling with the reality of what graffiti is which is just actually kind of dorky you know what right. i mean yeah uh because it's a very tough scene but like what you're doing is you're just like writing your name on something like how untough is that it's just you just spray yeah it's illegal but like i don't know dude like there's it's a lot worse crimes you know what you i mean you can break almost anything that's cooled down to it's Not, nerdy yeah including like what i do you know what i mean like mm-hmm and you're, you're dealing with like your your human side right but like i'm also not like on instagram or anything else like just with like a camera attached to me just following my every move and like when i walk into my studio there's like cameras on me like looking at my outfits and like i do like press conferences before and after doing a drawing and it's like what you're talking about is grown men <laughs> grown right. men who are huge too like just like Herculean who are running up and down a floor passing a piece of leather. Is it leather? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's leather. Yeah. Throwing a leather ball to each other, bouncing it off the ground. And then they're trying to toss it up into a metal rim to get like, how weird and primitive is that? You know what I mean? And and like the fact that we put so much emphasis and importance, I was like, it's a game. And people say like, yeah. no, no, you have to be incredibly skilled. Like, of course, I'm not going to play against like LeBron. Like, I, you know, he'll just run past me. He'll dunk of over. Of course. Me. So obviously, there's a, a major skill level in it, but the skill is a skill revolving around this actually very immature game, which mm-hmm. is let's get this ball into this circle, right? Yeah. There's skill in being a doctor, but the the game or like the 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 event that they have the skill around is saving lives, right? right? Teaching is like you have a skill and the thing that you apply the skill to is shaping the future through these conduits of children. We're talking about dudes who are getting paid and women who are getting paid extreme amounts of money to put a ball into a circle. That's it. Like when you break it down, that's actually what it is, which is crazy. Yeah. And it's a billion dollar industry with people who paint their face and wear shirts with their name on it that that are like yeah go guy on the on my back and like they're not like yeah that's the other thing is like is that dude your boyfriend why is his name on your back (laughs) like 
growing up in this town where I'm, I, I grew up, you know, the latter half of my childhood, which is very towny. I don't know if you guys have that word of where you're from, but it's just like, you know, like a bubble. And just, yeah, townies. Like yeah, just, yeah. They don't like leave and whatever. When you have kids growing up where they would say like very homophobic things, you know, like locker room talk, right? Mm-hmm. Up and, you know, these are the same kids who would like give you sack wax, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the same kids that would draw penises on your locker. Yeah. They're also the same kids who said all these homophobic things. And then they were also the same kids who would wear jerseys with men's names on the back and yeah. obsess with them in their stats. And you have to think as an adult, like sack wax, drawing penises, obsessing with men's abilities. Mm-hmm. That's pretty homoerotic, man. Like that's right. pretty homoerotic, which is all well and I mean, yeah, that's that's what you you want to do. But the fact that you're so like you're so you're making fun yeah, of- the fact that the it's okay if that's what if that's what you're into and that's what you want to do. But the fact that you're using that to tear other people down is <laughs> is awful. Like <laughs> yeah, it's super ironic. And uh, I saw I always like just like laugh as an adult. Like man, these kids who said awful things to people and were you know very uh, close minded when you look at like their actual behaviors or the things they put as a priority, it's yeah. ironically joke on them, pretty homoerotic. And it's exactly. like, I hope they got that lesson as they grew up and made their dads now. And they're, you know, and they should be supportive of people, you know, and possibly yeah. their own kids. Like, I don't know. It's just irony. Uh, I just think of things like that a lot. Like, Oh yeah. Same here. The undercurrents and like the, the layers of reality. Pretty funny to me. Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask you a couple more questions before I let you go here. And you can answer them however you want. There's no wrong answer. You can answer it vulnerably. You can answer it comedically, however you want to answer it. If you could go into a time machine and speak to the child version of yourself, what advice would you give to that child? Oh, man. I, I mean, I think about this a lot because of my kids. I, uh, I guess it would be like more vulnerable answer. I would, I really wish I didn't get caught up in a lot of stuff that I did growing up and actually kind of continue to get caught up in ways like kind of just petty things, but more yeah. so when I was a kid, like, you know, we all wanted to date this certain person or we wanted to we hoped we'd be invited to this party or we're just so caught up in like social aspect of things. And I really wish when I was a kid, you know, those people that I actually like thought were nerds and stuff where I see them as adults or I've connected with them as, you know, friendly as an adult. And I just have like massive respect for, and those were the kids that were in honor society and stuff. And I thought that was like so dorky or I, I, I don't know what I thought. I just thought like, I, I just didn't know how they prioritize that. And I just wish I could go back and be like, no, Matt, just stay in your room and like keep working on those beats and like keep, keep drawing and like, you know, cause when I was in school, like kids used to, I always say this too, like kids used to like, they, no one called me Matt or Matthew. They would always say Zaremba, you know, especially like jocks and stuff. But like, there was this thing where like, they would, they would not say it like that. They would like say it like they were scratching a record. So they'd be like, what's up, what's up, what's up Zaremba? Cause they were like making fun of the fact that I was into DJing is that I was also on like their basketball team with and stuff like, you know, like they were yeah. your, your friends, your teammates, but they weren't your friend. Like they still looked at you from a distance and I skateboarded. And this was at a time when skateboarding was definitely not cool. And if you skateboard, they called you a freak. So yeah. I would be at the skate park on an off day, like uh, not like on a practice day, skating with my friends, my best friends. And cars would go by and be like, you effing freaks. And like, and I would look at him and be like my actual teammates. And then I'd have to face them in the locker room like the next day and be like, damn, man. Like, so like, 
I don't know. I, I, I wish that I had spent more time just like honing my crafts and uh, not paying attention to anything like that. Cause like, yeah, I, I think like bullying and all that is very real. It exists as an adult still. I mean, look at yeah. like online. You know what I mean? I get trolled once in a while. Um, that's real. I mean, you can deal with it as an adult, whether it's like I'll just show up at your house or like having some <laughs> countdown or you know what I mean. Like you can you can handle it. But when you're a kid, you know if you do something about it action wise, you could ruin your own future. Like if you get in trouble or have to get suspended for fighting or something. But like you're also like messing with people's development and like the yeah. confidence and like that has lifelong repercussions for kids. And like, I definitely got my share of it. You know, so I run into kids sometimes, like now that I'm back in town for like the past few months, just visiting, I'll run into people and like, they think it's all good. And I'm like thinking in my head, like, man, you were a dick in high school and now you're the townie and I've got all this stuff going on. And like, how's that, you know what I mean? Like, how does that feel for you? Right. But I actually just feel bad because I'm like, man, your your worldview was so small then and it seems to still be because you're not even realizing like our history. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess like if I could go back, I'd be like, don't worry about all that because like those same kids were the same kids stuck in the town. Like I was out of here as soon as I could be and like doing things. And even if I wasn't doing interesting things and I was just partying, like at least I was, I was like absorbing different scenes and people from different areas and backgrounds and yeah you know, being part of something or, or just the world. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I would do. <laughs> that's amazing. That's a beautiful answer. Finally, what do you think that child would think of who you are now? I think like young Matt would be uh, pretty psyched on what I'm doing. I mean, I'm still doing like a lot. The weird thing is I'm still doing a lot of the same stuff I was when I was a kid. I'm still spray painting, like doing graffiti and like making music and making art and like, skateboarding here and there and i think i'd be psyched on me i'd be like that's you know like i came from an era where like you had mad respect for the older dudes in the scene and people in the scene um that put you on to things like there's still people in my life that you know in the grand scheme of things are i mean we're all kind of like just whatever in the grand scheme of things but they're not really known for anything like uh i don't know how to say that better but to me they're like I would rather hang with them than like a known celebrity or something because like okay. people influenced me so hard or like gave me my first, you know, bag of fat caps or something, you know, or like whatever. Um, and so there's still people in my life where like, I still geek out. I like, I like beg them for like old pictures of like graffiti that they did. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, we break out old skate videos that they're in or we're all in and like check them out. Um, so yeah, I, I would probably be like, pretty into like what I'm about and like the people that I know that I'm into. And the weird thing is like, I still feel like I'm like 17 years old. Sure. Which, yeah. which is kind of hard some days. So my wife's like, man, you're 37. Like your dad, you got gray in your beard. Like you're an older <laughs> dude. And I'm like, Oh my God, really? You know what I mean? And I think yeah. like, I work in like a cool industry and blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah, I have like a reality problem sometimes where I'm like, wait, what? Like I'm not, yeah I'm not still like doing that like I can't just just do that it's like no you're kind of like an anomaly at this point to continue to do certain things <laughs> yeah I, mean? like, oh, I relate to that super hard I don't want to yeah. 
that, you know? My mom's like, my mom's like really young at heart. And I think it's like one of her most endearing characteristics, you know? She just had yeah. her birthday yesterday. And, you know, she's an older person and she's like the coolest. And that's awesome. I like to think that like people who are creative and thinking with an open mind uh, can continue to, to like harness that energy. You know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely, man. Completely agree. This has been so fun, man. Thank you so much for giving me your time and talking to me. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Where can people find you online? MatthewZaremba.com, at MatthewZaremba on Instagram. And, uh, oh, yeah, I, think, I guess that's not it. That's all I really push these days. For sure. And you have a bunch of prints and shirts and all that kind of stuff if you want to get all that on like Threadless and all that as well. Yeah, I put up some stuff once in a while. I'm like yeah. uh, kind of lazy on the merch stuff because it's my actual career, but. It's a bummer too. At least to me, it's a bummer that that <laughs> that you say that because I feel like almost everything you post could be a t-shirt. <laughs> when you work in that world, it's like everything's a commodity. And um, this is just like, this is like self-preservation at this point. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. my, it's like my anti-world. It's like just me and like trying to process that world. Yeah, man. World and uh, I, I, something about like making that into a commodity. A lot of times it makes sense. I, I know I could do. I mean, I, I do stuff for brands and stuff once in a while, but um, I don't know. It's not that it cheapens it or anything. It's just like, of course, kind of lazy about it. Cause I'm like, ah, I don't need the money. I'd rather like inspire somebody than like I would rather inspire them on, like a human level or something that they can, they can resonate with rather than like inspire them to go like buy a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's... And I know that's the one way for people to connect with it and feel like they're invested in it or rep it or rep it for themselves, you know, yeah. part of that. Uh, and that's why I try to do it once in a while. But uh, I, I'm just like way too humanoid for that. You know what I mean? Like I'm just Yeah. Like, that's kind of what makes it, what makes your stuff so like awesome and punk rock and, I don't know. That's, that's what makes me like it in a lot of ways where you can, you can just tell that it comes from a very genuine place. And at least the way that I see it, I, I can just see that, man, this dude is so genuine and is saying things that, that I feel. And I know that everyone is feeling and is, you know, I, I'm just very attracted to vulnerability and all kinds of things like that. Yeah. Which is why, like we had our own little Instagram meet cute. It was awesome. I uh, I don't know. I, I followed you and then started liking all your stuff. And then you saw my comedy. Yeah, I was just like, this is so funny. I was showing my wife and I was like, this dude is so funny. And But that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'd rather, I'd rather if somebody's really into my stuff to like hit me up and like have a conversation. And like they, yeah. can, they can take that and be like, oh, that person, I'm really into their art. Like I actually connect with them. Like I can like call them like an acquaintance. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I do I have people that write to me and then I'll write back to them like, holy crap, I didn't think you would like actually even accept my DM. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. wow, I'm just like a dude making art. You know what I mean? Like, of course, yeah. I would expect people to be, if you put yourself out there to be connected with, like by using a platform where there's messaging and stuff. I hate when I see people who are like, have a manager's contact up or like no DMs. It's like, <laughs> man, you're using a platform that says that, like, I mean, that operates that way. So like just accept the DM and I, I guess you could ignore it, but like, 
don't know, be a human. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can understand if you're like a massive celebrity or whatever. Of like, course, it, yeah. No one can get crazy. I get a lot, but I don't know. I'd rather just like connect as a human. People need that, man. And then if people are reaching out because they've connected over artwork that is like honest and is like describing the human condition, they're they're not hitting you up. You'd be like, hey, man, could you like design a shirt for me? And it's never like personal commission stuff like that. It's like right. always notes of like, this really like helped me through this time or whatever. And I usually like screenshot them with permission and like post it in my like peace sign story yeah. highlights because I just think it's rad. And I think that people should see that more doing it for each other because like all we do is post and like talk about horrible stuff. And I'm guilty of that too. I put people on blast and like rip me off or whatever. Uh, it's just like my, you know, it's human too, but I'd much rather focus on like people connecting because, um, I don't know. In a lot of ways, that stuff kind of saved me after my dad died. I didn't know. There's nothing more lonely than that is like losing a parent. And, uh, and like in his way, it was a very tragic way. It wasn't like normal. Um, and like, I think that having created this art and put it out there in the world and having people connect to it was like, Oh, it was as much, even though it's for me, those people reaching out were also like helpful for me to like validate some sort of like react like my reality was authentic or something like like it was okay to like think that way you know what i mean yeah of course was, like, as much as i validate people's feelings like oh you think that way too or like you see the world that way too people even saying something back to me or acknowledging it or like leaving a nice comment or something is the same for me it's like saying like hey i get that i get you and it's like all right cool we'll probably never meet in person if we do that's rad. You know, I have met people uh, like in other cities and stuff, which is cool. I've, I've met one of my best friends I met through my art, which is crazy. That's awesome. Went to his wedding and like, I didn't know him outside of online. And then we started hanging out in real life. Yeah. So shout out Steven and Marianne. <laughs> Happy yeah, wedding. That just happened. That's um, awesome. So all to say like people should connect with one each other. If you like a band, of course. Try to reach out to them and tell them if you like an artist, if you like a comedian, just tell them like, yeah, you, you made my night tonight. You made me laugh. I didn't laugh all day. You made me laugh. That's rad. Good luck at your next show or yeah. check. I'll subscribe to your podcast or whatever. You know, right. that's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you being on this and talking with me and just, yeah, it's it was awesome getting to know you uh more and hopefully we can have more conversations like this in the future for me real quick just to get the socials out for me you can follow me on instagram at mike valdez on twitter at i am mike valdez and you can go to who is mike to find out the answer to that question and that is it ladies and gentlemen subscribe Tell all your friends to subscribe so we can grow this family. Don't lose your sense of childlike wonder. Bye, besties. That was a Geek Bro podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit geekbro.net.